Welcome to the First Baptist Church podcast from First Baptist Church in Navasota, Texas. For more information, visit fbcnavasota.org. Folks, this is a this is a week we remember. This is a week that we remember. Eighteen years ago, our nation was attacked in a way that we never thought was possible. We never thought it would happen. Almost three thousand Americans died in the fall of the Twin Towers and the attack on the Pentagon. Additional first responders lost their lives during the rescue and recovery efforts that day and in the coming days. So I want to ask you a question. It it exempts all of you all in the first two rows. Uh, Part of you in the second row, you guys over here, you fellas, you, um, that wonderful little girl. Stu, you're too. Do you remember where you were and what you were doing 18 years ago? Remember where you were? I sat and talked with Sam one time about his 9-11 event that happened during his lifetime. Ethelie, uh, I know we're celebrating your 95th birthday this, this week, but I, I will tell you that 95 years old, you must not have been alive during this time. But he told me about Pearl Harbor. And he said he remembered where he was and what he was doing when he heard about it. Those kind of events in our lives kind of focus us for just a minute that all of a sudden the mundane things really don't matter and we start locking in on the things that do. Now you remember 9-11. You see, every time you go to the airport and stand in a TSA line, you remember 9-11. When you head to a football game and see barricades like the ones that were outside of Kyle Field, or even even though they are very discreet, the ones outside Rattler Stadium. You remember 9-11. You remember 9-11. When you look and you see someone who is Middle Eastern. Folks, I want to share with you. God wants us to live better than that. That we remember the inconvenience that we remember the totality of the evil, and that we precondition ourselves to look at a person and not look at them the way God sees them, but look at them as the enemy. King David wrote in Psalm 36 about this very thing. God wants us to live better than that, and he had King David write about it in Psalm 36. We're going to read these nine verses. They talk about what what you and I see in our world and what God sees and how the two can be melded together to make you and me something that we are not this morning. So I'm going to invite you to stand together for the honor of reading God's Word. And I'm going to invite you to read with me this wonderful...
words. I have a message from God in my heart concerning the sinfulness of the wicked. There is no fear of God before their eyes. In their own eyes, they flatter themselves too much to detect or hate their sin. The words of their mouth are wicked and deceitful, and they fail to act wisely or do good. Even on their beds, they plot evil. They commit themselves to a sinful course and do not reject what is wrong. Your love, Lord, reaches to the heavens, your faithfulness to the skies, your righteousness. <clears throat> People take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house. You give them drink from your river of delights. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. May God bless the reading of his word. Please be seated. There are several truths that came out of 18 years ago that we remember really well, but they're truths that the Bible talks about as well. And those truths have to do with you and me. Now, most of us in here would say, you know, I can't even conceive the idea of committing an act like those 19 terrorists did that day. I can't even fathom being a part of something that was like that. But the Bible does teach one eternal truth, and that is the sins of the wicked will always seem right in their own eyes. Sin seems right for those that are involved in it. Now, yes, there may be pangs where you say, wait a minute, there, there's conscience or, or there's something in me that says, really, I shouldn't do that. But then there's the part that says, but I'm going to do it anyway. I choose to do this. I make this choice. The 19 men on that hijack, that hijacked those four flights all felt that what they were doing was the right thing. They felt that they were honoring their God and their countrymen. Something that is so inherently evil was judged good because they chose to follow the baser instincts without the one true God's direction. Folks, I'll share with you, it has nothing to do with culture. It has absolutely nothing to do with race. And please hear this. This is not Clyde compromising the gospel and the word of the living God. It has nothing to do with religion. Nothing. It has to do with choices that individuals made in individuals' life. Choices just like the ones you and I will make. in addition to the fact that these men seemed to believe that what they were doing was right. They see themselves also as patriots for their cause. The writer of Psalm 36, David writes and says, people that are involved in sin sit there and plan it out, think what is the best way to accomplish this sin, and they even as they are taking leisure, it says if they're sitting in their beds, laying in their beds, they will think out, 
this is how the life that I want, the world that I want to live in is going to turn out. And I will live my life to the dedication of doing these things that the Bible clearly calls sin. They see themselves then as patriots for their cause. Think with me this morning. How many folks that you will see on news news shows that will talk about the things that are clearly sin that the Bible talks about, and yet they are committed that this is okay, and that they are leaders for the cause of doing these things and telling you that if you somehow oppose this, you're un-American, or you're narrow-minded, or that you're racist, or that you are somehow turning against the culture that is America. Let me share with you this. You and I this morning do not worship culture. Culture is not God. We have the privilege this morning of worshiping the one true God. Now guys, please hear this. When the enemy of God chose to go ahead and put into this world all of the differing, different religions that didn't just spring up all of a sudden. They root caused over the worship of God Himself. If you read your Bible clearly, what you're going to find is the one that is the enemy of God. His name was Lucifer. And he had one aim, only one. Somebody be a Bible hero this morning and tell me, what what was Lucifer's one goal? What did he want? He wanted to be like the Most High. He wanted to be like God. To have the worship and the adoration. To have the credit for all of the creation. That was his goal. Now if I'm going to go ahead and emulate something, let's say I'm going to emulate being the quarterback of a local high school football team that is less than a mile away from here. So, Zach, hate to pick on you for two Sundays, but I'm going to pick on you, son. Here it is. What I've got to do, stand up, Zach. Stand up. Come on, come on, come on, come on. All right, there he is right there. That's our quarterback right there. For me to emulate him, I have to do three things that I noticed on Friday night. Look at him carefully. Look. I have to grow my hair out, okay? I'm going to have to do that, right? Right? All right, Zach agrees I've got to grow hair out. I've got to do something else to emulate him. I've got to be able to throw a pass from me to him, okay? Can't do it. Cannot do it. Won't happen. I've got to be able to do that to emulate him. Third thing I've got to do is I've got to be able to go ahead and take a snap and avoid being sacked, okay? We're working on that, Zach. We're working on it, buddy. Thanks. I've got to do those things to emulate him. If I am going to emulate the Most High, and I'm the enemy of God, and what I want to do is emulate him, I'm going to do everything I can to be like him, but I cannot be like him. But what I can do is go ahead and get all of you to believe that I am like him. To focus your attention not on God, but upon the lesser God known as Lucifer. And that was his goal, folks. 
You see, when you and I choose a lesser God, we then become patriots for the cause of sin. Before we condemn every 18 to 45-year-old Middle Eastern man, I want you to understand that according to the Word of God, everyone in this room has committed a sin that is equal to theirs. There is no sin that you have not committed that has not been done before. There is no sin you will ever commit in your life that has not been already done. While you and I would say, I would never go ahead and put myself in a place where I would randomly take out hundreds of people's lives, let me share with you the effect of your sin, your sin, kills not only you, but as we shared last week, splatters over the entirety of your culture and your community. It is deadly. While they may say that they were patriots for their cause, the Bible even calls into question the character of the enemy of God, the one he is called, who is called the deceiver. His job, according to John 10.10, is to kill, steal, and destroy. Those men that were aged 18 to 45 are not the enemy of you and me. The enemy of you and me is the great deceiver, the enemy of Almighty God. Please hear this. Please hear this. God loves every single person that has ever drawn breath in this world. And His goal is to draw them into a relationship with Him, to draw you into a relationship with Him through the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on a cross, the very thing that Gordon talked about this morning, where He wants to be able to take your hand where you are right now and walk with you while some of you are this morning saying, Clyde, are you making a defense that these men were duped somehow and, and that they chose to go ahead and follow this lesser God that led them into the actions that they committed 18 years ago? I'm going to share with you that it's much more complex than that. I, what they did is indefensible. But the real question, folks, is what you and I do living right now as free men and women and as Christ followers in how we react to that. While they may view themselves as patriots for their cause, in fact, the enemy has deceived a portion of the population of this earth to believe in a lesser God and that this God demands unspeakable acts to appease him. This isn't anything new. When the children of Israel occupied the promised land, they found folks that were sacrificing their own children to the gods called Baal and Moloch. Matter of fact, if you go to Megiddo, this little town in a valley that's called Megiddo. By the way, that's the place where the battle of forevermore is going to take place. That's where we get the term Armageddon. It comes from that place. You'll find a stone there that was a sacrifice stone. Some of you all that have been to the Holy Land have seen that. 
The stone is about the diameter. By the way, if you don't know what diameter is, you need to see Stu Music immediately following. He will give you as an educator a description of what a diameter is. But it was about as wide as this center row section, and it was round, and it was cut out of stone, and it sits there, and it was a sacrifice altar for those that were followers of Baal to take their children up and run them through fire. And if they survived that, then they would simply slit their throats. We look at that and we say, how unspeakable. How could people do that and say that they are worshiping a God? Let me share with you. The enemy of God wants to corrupt the worship of Almighty God so that we believe in a lesser God. And because of that, folks, Instead of going in and saying, let's, let's talk bad about those that are Islamic. Let's talk bad about the Buddhists. Let's talk bad about the Catholics. Let's talk bad, heck, let's talk bad about the Methodists. I want to share with you what God wants us to talk about is not that, but how good He is. How He has a promise for you and me. That promises eternal life where we can be rescued, redeemed from what we have been to what He wants us to be. Sadly, those that acted 18 years ago and those like them that did that, they will not hesitate to rinse and repeat their actions. Why? You see, when you and I are deceived, we believe that deception. And in believing that, you're forced into a continuous action to keep the hunger of a false god at bay. And if you were to turn away from your past actions, if these folks were to turn away to what you and I call repentance, by the way, repentance literally means I turn from where I was headed and I turn to where God wants me to head. And if you and I were to do that, and we were in their shoes and in their shape, and we turned away from that, it would be an admission that your life and mine had been a lie. And human pride then gets in the way of making what would be then a God-led decision. How can I turn away from what I've committed my life to and instead begin to follow the God of my perceived enemies? You see, pride becomes that thing that cripples and forces us to continue actions that are ungodly. Understand again, our war is not against the people that attacked our nation years ago. It is against the one that is the instigator of that attack. We have and may again be attacked. And until the actions of man are revealed by God's Holy Spirit, those wrongdoings will persist. So what do we do then as Americans, and more importantly as Christ followers? One thing is to follow some very clear and simple guidelines that are found in the Word of God. Here's number one. Understand that there is a loving God in the midst of all of the world's sin. There is a loving God in the middle of all of this mess. He is still there. He is still on His throne. He is not deaf to your cries and mine. He was there in the North and South Towers. He was there in the Pentagon. He was there in a field in rural Pennsylvania. 
He has not forgotten them or you. He hasn't abandoned you to the destruction of others' actions. He is still in control even when you and I feel out of control. He is involved even when we don't see him. I'm convinced that the brave Americans who fought for our freedom and for the skies that day knew that God was somehow giving and honoring their actions. You see, there's a monument in a Pennsylvania field that stands in a stark testimony to their bravery. You see, all the plans of the terrorists that day did not work. Folks were able to escape. Firefighters carried the wounded to safety. The response, although confused at first, came swiftly. And, and I'll tell you what, Sam, as you and I have talked before, like Pearl Harbor 60 years ago, our nation began to battle back. Now, guys, please understand this. Understand this clearly. Our nation, while we say we are under God, the overwhelming majority of the folks in our nation do not know and have a relationship, a personal, living relationship with Jesus Christ. They don't. Now, for us here this morning, and it's not, look, ah, oh, wish I hadn't done that. Us, you all here this morning, if you're here and you are not a Christ follower, if you're here this morning and you have not invited Christ into your life, God is pleading with you to make that commitment and shed the lesser gods of your life and one, the one true God begin to worship Him. You say, well, Clyde, come on. Don't you think that God loves all of those Arab folks and He sent, he sent His name is just Allah to them and, and He sent Muhammad to be their prophet? I don't think He did that any more than He sent Joseph Smith to go ahead and be a prophet to America. I think it's a lie from the pit of hell. How can you say that? How closed-minded. Folks, I can afford to be closed-minded. I'm right. The Bible is right. And when it says that you and I are sinful people, I don't like hearing that. But I understand that God is right in His judgment of you and me. Judgment that while we are still on this earth, we are under. You see, when you and I close our eyes for the final time, take our final breath, we know, I'm going long, I don't care. When we close our eyes and we take our final breath, let me share with you what happens. You will either end up before, well, you're going to end up before God either way. You will see Jesus when you die. Everyone in this room will. Every one of us will see Him. That's kind of good news. If you're a Christ follower, that's great news. But He's going to say one of two things. Enter into the rest that I have prepared for, for you from the foundation of this earth. Or He will say, I have no idea who you are. When he says that, then he will say, you must leave. Depart from me. God was involved, even when we do not see him. And God is at work 
was at work that day. We may not know the full extent of what we thought was our good sense and our response when in fact it was God in His holy actions that saved the day. He is there in your life and mine, even in pain, for you and for everyone else. There's a story about what happened in the North Tower that I find fascinating. Folks were continuing because, because the elevators were out of, of, of work. They, the, the, electric, the electrical lines had been seared and fired in that flash fire as that plane hit the tower. People were going down stairwells, some on the outside four corners of the building and some on the interior. There was one stairwell that was still open. And folks were continuing to go down those stairs, one platform at a time. There were a group of people, 16 in fact, every one of them except for one firefighter were injured. Folks had passed them up in the stairwells in the panic to get out. One firefighter was carrying a lady who couldn't walk because her legs had been seared so badly. And they were simply staggering from one floor to the next, to the next, to the next. And they felt the rumble of the building as it began to floor. You've seen the pictures in the video. Floor by floor, collapse upon itself. They rode the tower down as many did to their death, except these 16 people were in the perfect place. One step back, they would have perished. One more step forward, they would have perished. They survived in that stairwell. Over 22 floors in that one little column remained. And those 16 people were interspersed all through it. One lady talked about hearing that. She, said she, was, she was staggering down the steps. She'd lost her shoes and her feet were charred because she had been putting them on hot concrete steps all the way down. And those concrete steps had a little narrow metal strip. And when she put her foot on it the first time down, it sizzled like a steak on a grill. She was already in pain from the impact of the airplane, but she continued to, to stagger down. And as she got down, she said, all of a sudden we heard this horrific noise. And all of this dust began to come down on us. And even though we couldn't go any faster, we tried. And she said, we felt pushed to the ground by this this." this powerful hand as it simply compressed the air around us and forced us to our knees. It burned all her hair off because as the building collapsed, it caused the friction. It caused the oxygen that was there to ignite. That's what you see when you see the flashes of, of fire coming out. All of her hair's burned off. And she said, I was ready and understood that this was my last moment on earth. And she said, I blanked. I passed out. And she said, when I 
came to, she said, I had faith in God that God would take me home. I, 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 I knew him. I was going to be okay. I was going to heaven. And she said, when I opened my eyes, she said, I was so disappointed because heaven was dusty. So I should be in heaven. This isn't good. Let me share with you. In the midst of her pain, he was there. He was there. He spared her life. Why? So that she could go ahead and tell a story that the plans of the folks that were following a lesser God did not work to completion. Folks, you are alive today, living as free men and women in a country where we can gather together on Sunday mornings and talk about the living God who loves people and died for them instead of a God that demands that you must give action and raise a sword to anyone that does not believe like you believe. Don't worship a lesser God. Don't settle for a lesser God. The other truths that you have this morning is a choice. You have a choice to make too. And I implore you, as the writer of of Psalm 36 then does, as he shares in those five verses, make a choice for a God that is wonderful and loving and directive and absolutely has your best interest at heart. Choose your God wisely. Choose your God and the choice who your God will be carefully. Because there are many gods that are in our culture right now. And they all want to be yours. And they will make promises to you. If you follow me, you'll be wealthy. Anybody in here want to be wealthy besides Clyde? Yep, wealthy sounds good. Beats the heck out of the alternative. If you follow that lesser God, He will will demand sacrifices of you and of your family that you cannot find from this God. Choose who your God will be carefully. The second and final truth this morning is to understand that your actions reflect your desires. And will your actions reflect your desires or God's direction? Right now, God's direction for everybody in this room is one place. It's to the cross of Christ. When we get to that place of the cross of Christ, then His direction takes us from a place of death to an empty tomb. God didn't stay dead. You won't either. Then after He takes you to the empty tomb, please hear this, He will take you to Navasota, Texas on September the 8th, 2019, in a place called First Baptist, and then He will say, as you hit the doors in five minutes, This is where I put you to make a difference. My direction is not to come to church. 
My direction is for you to be my people in the midst of a people that are following lesser gods. Let's pray. Father, as much as we are called to remember an event that happened 18 years ago, we're more more importantly called to follow a God that 2,000 years ago demonstrated His love for us. While that we are yet sinners, He died on the cross for us. And so this morning, I pray that we will choose wisely to follow the God of mercy and love and forgiveness and not a lesser God of ourselves or something that culture says is okay. This is an eternal choice. and Father, I think somebody in here right now is making that choice. And if that's so, then Holy Spirit, I pray that you will guard them and guide them to the cross first. And then as you do that, take them to that empty tomb the sacrifice that you made and the fact that you didn't stay dead is the promise that there's a sacrifice made for me and when I take my final breath that's not the end help folks to make that call today to cry out to you and for you to go ahead and become their God Father there are folks that need to plug themselves into a church family and I pray that if that's the case, then this morning you'll, you'll call their name and their answer will be yes. Holy Father, thank you for that. There are others here, folks, that, that these folks need to go ahead and understand that you and you alone can answer their cry and their need. Whatever they have walked in here with, you still love them and you have given yourself for them. Fulfill them and comfort them this morning. This time is yours. God, may you bless this time. Draw men and women and boys and girls to you. And we will give you the honor and the glory. In Jesus' name and all of God's people said, Amen. Stand together, church. God's speaking to you about a decision that needs to be made. I would love to meet with you during this song here at our altar. You come as God leads.